0: It is always fun for me to talk with Bruce Kettler. He is at the tip of the spear here in the state of Indiana as the head of the Indiana Ag Department. Bruce, we have a challenging 2023 coming up. Sure. Let's cut to the chase and talk about the farm bill that's coming up because many of us got our wish that at least now we've got the House and we've got a new chairman there in the House Ag Committee and a good one uh, G.T. Thompson. But I think that that kind of balances the conversation with regard to the issues in the farm bill. Would you not agree?
1: Yes it does. I mean it certainly uh, brings a different dynamic to have say divided Congress if you will in terms of parties. And there's no doubt that G.T. Thompson has made no qualms about. They have some things they want to do differently. He's a bit of a bulldog. He is. I've met him a time or two. But what I appreciate about him is he gets the issues. He understands the issues. He's willing to talk to farmers and figure out what that looks like. So yeah, I'm optimistic that they're... You hear from both sides of Congress that they want to get uh, they want to get a farm bill done. I will say there have been some chatter since the elections that may be a little more difficult now with with the divided Congress. And my understanding is, you know, on the Senate side that may be a little tougher. You still got that 50 50 or whatever it it really is. Well, but you still have Chuck Grassley over there too, uh, talking right. about another
0: bulldog, and he's a farmer.
1: Yeah, so I'm hopeful. You know, th- that's that's been one of the bills probably one of the very few bills that uh, typically has been pretty bipartisan and i think people understand that and as you mentioned th- there's no doubt that the industry has got a lot of challenges and i think you know having a farm bill that we can deliver uh, on time is what everybody said. Now everybody says that. Now we know when it gets when it gets down to the the real parts that are that are hard to figure out. Sometimes that's not quite as easy. But I'm going to remain optimistic that and take them at the word that they want to get it done on time. Well, I guess I'm feeling optimistic because I feel maybe it'll be a little bit more
0: balanced. And uh, certainly there's going to be a lot of arguing going on. There always is. Yeah. But I think one of the issues, obviously, when I talk to farmers, so much of an emphasis on climate and climate change and conservation and the concern there was is that it's not going to be by choice but it was it was going to be uh, have a mandatory feel to it and that immediately from a farmer's standpoint puts
1: them in a skeptical mode well and again i think most folks on the ag committees understand you know i've heard it you've heard it from, you know, particularly our senators here in Indiana and others. It can't be mandated. People want to do the right thing for the right reasons. You, you, if you've got the, you got the carrot, that tends to work if we need to do those things. Overregulation, too much regulation in our industry tends to get pushed back on pretty hard. So, again, I'm optimistic that I think they understand that. Now, there are some different dynamics when you look at the ag committees, particularly on the Senate side. Uh, There's some folks that may have a different thought that, you know, we'd rather use a stick than a carrot. But let's hope they can finally realize and understand that you, you really need to incentivize what you need to get done. I will say, I think from my perspective, one of the challenges on climate and, and even soil conservation, water quality work in that in the ag world comes from the fact that there's been a lot of money, particularly from CARES and and other, um, other things that USDA is doing, that's been put into that field of work a lot of money it's almost like it's growing on trees in washington dc so that potentially has an impact on what happens in the farm bill when it comes to some of the conservation titles
0: well i think one of the other things that goes along with that is is that farmers spend a lot of time concerned about their soil sure they certainly spend a lot of money on inputs certainly do not want it to flow off into streams so they've been doing a lot of work trying to be conservation-minded. And when you come to the table with something that's mandatory, it, it has that uh, sort of uh, underlying tone to it that says you're not doing anything and it's all your fault. And that is not a good way to start a conversation with no. farmers.
1: No, it's not. And I think that's where here in Indiana we tend to really work with our congressional members and con- their staff members to help them understand from a conservation standpoint the cooperative nature that we have here between ISFSA USDA's Soil Conservation Service and USDA's NRCS and local soil and water districts, and even even in the private sector, private sector and non-governmental organizations, we have a really good example of what good cooperation can do, how much it can get accomplished. Uh, We continue to make sure that other states and other areas know that, including our congressional delegation, and we even share it with folks in USDA that here's what collaboration and cooperation can accomplish, and it tends to have a better outcome than if you just use uh, you know, the, the heavy-handed approach. And I'm glad you bring that up because
0: I am so proud of Indiana farmers when I look around the rest of the country. But something else that you alluded to there is, is that telling our story is really important. And in Washington, D.C., for the Farm Bill, we have a lot of new people there, so right. that story needs to be told. For these people that are coming on to the Ag Committee in the House that don't know much about farming. Now, you work with our friend Ted McKinney Mm -hmm. and uh, with a group that is from every state in the Union in your same seat uh, in all these different uh, states. So I got to believe, and particularly with Ted and his background, that you guys are mobilizing, getting ready to tell that story.
1: Yeah, that's part of, and you're referring to the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture, which we're a member. NASDA is all 50 states and even some of the territories, so absolutely, that one of the beauties of NASDA is it's nonpartisan, bipartisan, whatever you want to call it. And um, represented by every state in the union. I mean, that's great. Absolutely, and I think that, that we're, we're realizing, and as we get into Farm Bill conversations and any of these conversations... NASA is able to weigh in because of that, to be able to say, we represent all states. Yeah. Yes, we there there are differences in how we might approach some of these things, but we have a very broad view of things like soil conservation, water quality, what are farmers doing to make sure that they're leaving the land better than they found it. And input from every state, and I'm sorry to harp it, on that, but it, it is it, such a critical part of NASDAQ. It, it really is important, and, and in fact, the last probably two to three years, NASA especially has gotten involved in a number of organizations and I'll call them cooperative efforts between various groups in Washington, D.C. at the federal level to talk about climate and climate smart agriculture and weigh in with that fact that NASDA members are all across the nation and here's why people need to pay attention to what NASDAQ and its members say. Now, you have a
0: larger role in NASDA than maybe some others do, so are you going to get a chance to be our voice in D.C. perhaps?
1: Yeah, certainly work to do that more as best we can, not only in D.C., but but frankly in the influence of what policy comes out of Washington, D.C., and what policy NASDA is willing to stand behind and, and look at. So that's one of the things I appreciate about the organization. In fact, in coming up in February is, is what's called the Winter Policy Conference, where all NASDA members can have input into what NASDA is going to advocate for. There's actually a tiered structure of the of the priorities that NASDAQ is going to engage in. Some of those we expect to take the lead. Some of them, NASDA, will be participants because maybe it, we don't have the strongest expertise. Other groups in Washington may, but we can help them with that. So that policy conference is really key and important to figuring out the priorities for the organization.
0: That's big, exciting stuff. So we will be talking again in February, but in the meantime, real quickly, what do you see as the maybe top couple of challenges here in the state of Indiana, certainly as we look at water quality policy yeah. and... Certainly, as we look in our area up in Northeast Indiana, the runoff that goes into Lake Erie, and we're we're very sensitive to that in our area, obviously. But from the entire state of Indiana, what, what do you see?
1: Yeah. Well, I think first for most folks, and it's been this way for a while, is labor. Everybody's got concerns about labor, what that looks like. I'm hearing from folks that things are improving maybe a little bit, but it's just still continues to be, you know, can I get the appropriate labor? Do they have the right training that I need? Inputs still continue to be a concern, some on the supply side, certainly on the cost side, what those are going to be. And then, you know, particularly for Northeast Indiana, the Western Lake Erie Basin. Um, sa- I'm happy to say we've got some grant funds that we're working with again with a number of organizations from the private sector to non-governmental organizations. We've got a fairly large grant that's happening that goes to farmers to help them work on these opportunities that they want to look at, the things that they want to do on their land to continue to improve water quality, uh, erosion control, all of those efforts that. Western Lake Erie is critical. The nice part about, it, it's called the Regional Conservation Partnership Program. The nice part about that is we're working with uh, folks in Michigan and Ohio. So it really affects the entire basin and taking an, uh, an approach that you can work on certain parts of it. There are certain areas in particular in Indiana, certain rivers and watersheds that are critical, but we also know we've got to work on it together across state lines.
0: Bruce Kettler, heading up the Indiana State Department of Agriculture. Always a pleasure
1: to chat with you, bud. My pleasure. And I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Podcasts by Federated Media.